be Monday. Because it's Mike. And Mary. Yep. And Mondays with Mike and Mary. That's why we call it that. Yeah. Welcome to 2019. We are fired up about this year and hope you are too. If you're not feeling fired up, stay tuned. We'll fire you right up. What is the phrase? Those who are not fired with enthusiasm should, should be, be fired, fired with, with enthusiasm. enthusiasm. That's right. Yeah. I thought I'd start this year by saying thank you for last year. All the people who listened to our podcasts and shared them with friends and colleagues, we're so grateful. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is a this is a work of love, isn't it? We love talking to you once a week and hope that we are inspiring you and stimulating you and giving you ideas that will help make your business more successful and your pocketbook just a little bit richer. Ideas that come from our weekly PhD in real estate that we get on our coaching calls. You we know, Floyd Wickman team has always specialized in live, live training and we have a coaching program that really does give us a PhD, Michael. Every week. Every week. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> so we do a parade of techniques or an ask the experts. We hear that from our students each week and then share like the best of the best with you. So what you got this week, huh? Well, if this year is about anything, it's about building or rebuilding your listing inventory. That's where safety is. That's where your long-term viability for your business is. You know, buyers give you the paycheck and listings give you a business. So listings came up a lot on my calls this week, and especially the the idea of, I wanna increase my average sale price. Ooh. And I love this phrase, you are what you list. All right. It's like, if you walk into Walmart, their inventory is different than if you were to walk into Bergdorf Goodman. Okay, yes. You know, and Whatever your inventory happens to be, that's who you are. It's like you are your book of business as well. Who do you work with? Who is in your book of business? So some people say, I want my, my inventory to be median for my, my market so that it works. Some people say, I'm going for the cheap seats this year because that's what's going to sell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I want to increase my average sale price because it's the same amount of work but for a higher commission. So whatever your objective is, just remember that phrase, which I really liked, you are what you list. Oh, I like that. And I've got a parade of techniques right in the same wheelhouse. Cool. We've got a student who's knocking on FISBO doors on Sundays because, of course, FISBOs are having open houses. That's right. Anybody so he, home? He's getting in the door. He's having conversations and... Uh, great reminder to all of us that that is a place that makes us different from everybody else. We had, I think, three different people bring up uh, marketing to expireds and for sale by owners beyond just a mailing campaign, a postcard campaign. And it was even mentioned about a grocery sack full of postcards mm -hmm. given to an agent after being a for sale by owner and then listing with this agent and dumping those postcards out <laughs> all over the desk and saying, okay, how many times did one person send you the same card, any card, you know, and how many people only sent one? So you got to stand out and maybe being face to face will do it for you. And while you're at it, yes. if you ever happen to knock on a for sale by owner door and they're not home. No, that would never happen. 
Don't miss that opportunity to leave a little message, as in, who's showing your home when you're not home? Ooh. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Hey, have you got an Ask, Ask the, the experts? experts? Oh, I do. So yeah. do I. This came up, and it has come up on a regular basis, but this was a very specific one about a team member. Okay. And the team member's one-year contract is up. And they came to the team, the lead agent, and want to renegotiate their split. Well, it's good to have strong team members that yes. think they can do that and right. are confident. Yeah, and not only do they want to renegotiate their split, but they want the lead agent to make them an offer. Oh, Make All the right. first move, which in negotiating uh, is wasteful. It's not the not the best way to start a negotiation. Oh, I think you got to pat that agent on the back and say, "Good for you for thinking like that." Yeah. Ooh, that was the ask the experts question. I bet that person got some good advice. Yeah, and the problem was, it all was couched in this language. I don't want to lose her. Oh. <laughs> and so the first piece of advice was, don't negotiate from fear. Yeah. You have to negotiate from strength, not fear. Or abundance, not fear. Or love, not fear. Or caring, not fear. If you negotiate from fear, you're going to create division and separation rather than coming together. So I, I totally agree that. The, the, the most fun piece of advice I heard was this. We had a contract, so I've already made you an offer. You make me a counteroffer. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very, very smart. And if you look at the NFL, they have a rookie wage scale. Now, I totally agree with apprenticing to a master agent for a year as a great way to introduce somebody into the business, to get them up and running. And even if you want to pay their expenses getting up and running, if the split is generous enough to make it worthwhile to the lead agent. Okay. But in the NFL, once your rookie year is over, once your rookie contract is done, that's when you have some leverage. So this agent on the team has some leverage now because they've, they've got skill, they've got a sphere of influence, um, they have, this particular Results. agent has Hopefully. an in with a builder. Okay. So she's in a strong negotiating. But I, I agree with what Floyd told us years ago. When he and that guy from the West Coast started the Superstar Retreat. Yeah. And they had the first time talking about build a team, get assistance. And he said that was the most harmful thing we could have done to the real estate business. Building a team rarely helps anybody unless you're really good at people management. Now, I believe in delegating. And I think if you want to expand your business, the first place to delegate is contract to closing. Getting a coordinator who will do all of that paperwork, that ones and zeros stuff, the simple follow-up to get a contract from the, the negotiating table to the closing table. And then the next step, of course, is any admin work that you need done. 
whether you do automated agent and farm it out overseas at a, a very minimum wage, anything that can be reduced to mindless repetitive tasks and documented so it's easy to do, or ones and zeros so it can be automated. That's the next step in an evolution. And the third step usually comes when you're a strong listing agent and you've got a surplus of buyer leads. The big question is, what do you do? Do you bring a buyer's agent onto your team or do you hand out buyer leads, the excess, or all of them if you want, on a referral basis using merit as your criteria? Who does best with buyer leads? Who follows up? Because if you just hire a buyer's agent and give them everything, unless you're going to manage them, you're going to waste a lot of leads. And you can be held hostage. As this agent is being held yeah. hostage right now. So the real, the real advice was figure out a win-win so that this new, this new contract with your agent, the one you negotiate, this agent more than pays for themselves. And if it's a, a question of you don't necessarily want to work with buyers that much, you want to pick and choose, cherry pick, if you will, and then delegate the rest, make sure that the ones you send you're going to follow up with to make sure you know that this, uh, this buyer's agent takes good care of them, follows up with them, gets good reviews, gets good results, and that requires... A minimum of a weekly meeting where you do just what we do in R squared. You go through your numbers, you troubleshoot, and solve problems. All right. And that was the SE experts. Well, I like it, but here's, I think, the footnote of all of that. Just keep in mind as you're making these decisions, growing your business, that it's not about how much you make on the top line. It's about net, how net, much net. you keep. Yeah. <laughs> net, 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 yeah. yeah. What is your net, net, net taxable income? And are you better off paying team members or paying referral fees? I had to ask the experts that um, I think every single agent experiences, and, and here's how it went. It was, I lost a sure one. So how do I learn from this? Let me tell you the story in, sh in short. It was a husband and wife this agent met eight years ago. Since then, they've received a postcard every month. They've received a call three times a year. The wife has died. It's time now for Joseph, the husband, to sell the house. His wife died a year or two ago. And he called our student over to do the listing appointment in about the third week of December. Our student did a bang-up job, they connected, and Joseph said, hey, I'm going to for sure list with you. My wife and I always said, when it comes time to sell, we're using yeah. you, but I'm just not ready to sign right now. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, you know where this is going, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so now, um, before following up first part of January, our student looks at the MLS and discovers his oh. property has been... Listed by someone else. So that's a heartbreak. And the question was, how do I learn from this? And so, of course, he got great advice. You know, like close three times. Like master dialogue. Post date the listing. We had one student that advised him, you can you know, list it now and do one of those clauses where we keep it out of the MLS for two months, three months, four months. 
but list it for 180 days on the market after it hits the MLS. Um, don't assume. That, that was a, a big one. And, and here's what I wanted to say about that. That, you know, the question was, how do I learn from this? But the truth is, if you don't learn from this, you're going to repeat this over and over again. And you need to get over this really fast. Because, of course, our tendency would be to crawl into a corner and lick our wounds and, you know, suck our thumb. So you got to get over it fast. I asked the name of the seller, Joseph, because I want you to remember next time you're sitting at a kitchen table, oh, Joseph, even I think I'm getting it, they're telling me I'm getting it, I am not going to believe it, I'm walking out of here with a signature, and I think we got to get that tenacious, not that we have to be pushy, not that we have to hard close, we just ain't leaving until they sign. Make sense? It does. That's why you want to learn from it, so you can let it go. Yeah. And go on. That's exactly right. And if I were on that call, I would have added this. If you leave the house without a signature, you must say to yourself, well, I'm not getting that one. That's beautiful. And go on. Get in the car and go home. See, we believe that they're going to list with us later. That's yeah. where we make that mistake. Oh, become a prisoner of hope. Why, a not, why not play the lottery instead? Yeah. Hey, I got one more thing. Do we have time to talk about one more thing? We do. Well, I had two people who are anxious, who feel pressured, who are worried about whether or not they can really hit that big, big goal that they set for themselves this year. Is it January? It's January. Yeah, guess what? That comes with the territory, doesn't it? There's a house on my chest. Ouch. I got to do deep breathing exercises. Yeah. My head's a mess. What do you do about that? What if you're feeling that way? What's your advice, Michael? Figure out what makes you laugh and expose yourself to it a lot. Laugh a lot. We need laughter. Makes us feel more optimistic. Oh, that's beautiful. And <clears throat> remember, it's a marathon. Just do what you can need to do this week. Don't worry about next week. What was that Floyd taught us? How to have a good week? Oh, yeah. Starting every Monday, work on bringing in a sale of a listing first. Separate lookers from buyers and show and sell in-house inventory. You know, just Monday, work on your goal. Don't worry about Tuesday. Don't stay mad at Sunday. And then go back home and go to sleep and wake up Tuesday and don't stay mad at Monday. <laughs> don't worry about Wednesday. Just do your work today. I had two thoughts, and one was get yourself home court advantage, mm. whatever that means, you know. Put up your vision board. We're going to wherever you're going. We're going to have whatever you're having. But you agree, you and your family, you and your beloveds, agree why I'm suffering this much, why I'm going to work this hard and do these hard things because yeah. there's a payoff. And the other thing that came to my mind is fear is smoke. You know, Floyd said that. I think that's a year ago almost in May. Floyd said, fear is smoke. It's and in not 2019, real. fear is vape. Oh, geez. I don't even go there. So, yeah, you know, that it's not real. It's a, it's a self-manufactured thing. So you got to control the way you think. And the way that you do that, there's a lots of ways, but one way you do it is you start every morning the right way. You look at that vision board. You look at your goals and your LFTs. You say your affirmations, whether that's your pledge or a prayer or whatever you're doing, but you you got to get yourself to believe that it's possible. 
and you start your day that way, it's a lot less likely to unravel as the day goes on. So have, have a happy new year, everyone. Let's kick some butt this week and get some listings. This week. Don't worry about next week. Just do it this week. Bye. Thank you.